Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. And it shall come to pass in that day. Say, that day is today. Come on, say, that day is today. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the what? The anointing. The burden will be removed, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing is the power of God. It is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It is the power that enables us to do the impossible. Say the anointing enables us to do the impossible. Say the anointing is flowing through this room. Go with me to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Actually, before we're there, go to Psalms, 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 133. Psalm 133. Verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there, right there, the Lord commands a blessing, even life for forevermore. It talks about when Aaron was anointed with oils, poured out on his head. It dripped down to his beard. It dripped all the way down to the borders of his garment. The anointing flows best in unity. The anointing flows best in unity. Where there is strife, it gets in the way of the anointing. Where there's unforgiveness, it gets in the way of the anointing. Where there's division, it gets in the way of the anointing. And if you're not supporting the vision, you're supporting division. The division gets in the way of the flow of the anointing. And everything we do in this house, what God has called us to do, we must make sure that we walk in unity. Not uniformity, but unity. On the same page, knowing what God has called us to do, to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus, that we move forward under the anointing together. Because when we stay unified, the anointing just doesn't flow on Sunday. It flows every day. It flows to your house. It flows to your business. It flows to your school. That anointing, if you stay in the spot, if you stay in unity, if you stay together, that anointing will keep flowing. Go to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, the anointing of God. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, notice what John the Baptist says here. Starting with verse 15. And as the people were in expectation... And all men mused in the hearts of John, whether he was the Christ or not. That word Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means the anointed one. Say, Christ means the anointed one. Now, if you're talking about the anointed one, you can't talk about the anointed one unless you talk about his anointing. And so people were wondering, is John the Baptist the anointed one they were looking for? 
And while they're thinking on these questions, John answers their questions in their hearts. He answers saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you or submerge you with water, but there's somebody coming who's I'm not even worthy to unloose his shoestrings. He shall baptize you. He shall submerge you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation he preached among the people. Now skip down to verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. We know the Holy Spirit came and landed on him like a dove will land on a branch. What is that? Who's the Holy Ghost? He's the third person of the Godhead. And when the Holy Ghost landed upon Jesus, this is when he was anointed for ministry. Acts 10:38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with them. Well when did God anoint Jesus right here at the Jordan? The Holy Ghost and power came on Jesus. Say right here at the Jordan. The Holy Ghost and power came on Jesus. Now go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. That also means he was covered with the Holy Ghost. Returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Skip down to verse 14. After he defeats the devil, it says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Say power of the Spirit. That word power means supernatural ability. It is the ability to do miracles. It is the anointing of God. He returns from the Jordan in the anointing. That is the distinguishing quality of Jesus returning from the wilderness, returning from the Jordan, is the anointing that is upon him. And notice what it says he does next. And he taught in their synagogues of being glorified of all, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now, it's not saying his custom was going to church, even though that's a good custom to have. His custom was going to the synagogue and reading this passage you're about to read. One of the things, when you study closely the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels, you see when the Father told him to preach certain messages and when it shifted, when it changed. He was preaching a certain message in his early days. We're about to read what he was preaching in the early days of his ministry. And then it shifted when John the Baptist was arrested. God told him to preach something else. There are different times under the ministry of Jesus. He said different things. So why did Jesus do that? Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see him do. So this is what the father wanted Jesus to proclaim on this day and in the days of his early ministry. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has what? Because he has what? He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, or the year of jubilee. He's saying all these things happen because of the anointing. Say, all of these things happen because of the anointing. Verse 20, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them were in the synagogue and were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day, say this day. Say today 
is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? So what is he saying? I am anointed. That's what he's proclaiming to those of the synagogue that day. That was his custom in those days, proclaiming, I have the anointing. This is what he went around to preach and to teach and to say. That's why Peter said it filled all of Galilee and even the place where Cornelius and his house were in Acts chapter 10. It spread everywhere how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. It spread because that's what Jesus preached. And that's what people began to say. He's anointed. Go with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Notice what it says here. Actually, we'll go to Mark chapter 5. We might get to Mark 6. Mark chapter 5. Starting with verse 24. And Jesus went with him, Jairus, and much people followed him and thronged him. So he's in the midst of a crowd. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. So she's had this problem for 12 years. She tried all the medical ways to fix it. And not only did it not make her better, she got worse and she spent all of her money on it. When she had heard of Jesus, well, what did she hear about Jesus? That he was just a good guy? He had a great carpenter business. He's a great teacher. What did she hear about Jesus? He's anointed. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, one translation of the Greek says she kept saying, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, or immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power, that's the same word power we saw in Luke, is that miraculous ability, the anointing had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, if it was just one person up here, and he turned around, that's maybe a question to ask. But the disciples replied to Jesus, you are in the middle of a crowd, everybody is touching you. What do you mean, who touched your clothes? But go to Luke chapter 8 with me, because Jesus responds specifically about this, because he looked around to see who had touched him. So if everybody's touching Jesus, you know if you're walking with Jesus, you wouldn't be away in the crowd. You'd be trying to touch Jesus too. You'd be trying to talk to Jesus about everything. If you had the opportunity to be touching the shoulder, grabbing his arm, Jesus, 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 Jesus this, Jesus this, Jesus that. That's what the crowd is doing. But notice it says in Luke chapter 8. Verse 46, and Jesus said, somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue or power is gone out of me. So somebody touched Jesus with a different type of touch. The touch of faith. Because everybody's around Jesus, bumping into Jesus, grabbing on Jesus, holding Jesus. But this one person touches Jesus' garments and gets a different result. And the woman, 
And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her daughter, be of good comfort and be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Now we would say, well, no, the power of God made her whole. The power of God healed her. But notice what Jesus said. Your faith did it. Well, where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, what did she hear? She heard Jesus is anointed. She heard it enough to where it changed what she said and how she acted. Now, she also heard from Malachi 4, verse 2, when it talks about when the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one shows up, there'll be healing and the borders of his garment. So she grew up hearing that in the synagogue. And then she heard that Jesus anointed. So she believes that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the anointed one. And she began to say and kept saying, if I can just touch the borders of his garment, I shall be healed. If I can touch the borders of his garment, I shall be whole. And so her faith moved her mouth and then it moved her to action. And her faith got her out of that sick bed that she's been in for years. Her faith moved her out those doors. Her faith moved her into the streets. Her faith moved her through the crowds to when she got up to Jesus, her faith grabbed onto the anointing and pulled a miracle out of the Messiah. Now you have to realize Jesus was not focused on her. He was focused on going to heal the daughter of Jairus. That was his focus. But this woman was focused on her miracle. And Jesus looked at her and said, your faith has made you whole. Her faith connected her to the power of God. Her faith caused the miracle to be released in her body. She released her faith through her words and her actions, and she received her miracle, the anointing of God. Go back to Luke chapter 6. And it talks about after Jesus spent the whole night in prayer, he came forth and picked his apostles. And it says in verse 17, And when he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples, a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For there went virtue or power or anointing out of him and healed them all. There is a flow to the anointing. Say, there is a flow to the anointing. One more time. Say, there is a flow to the anointing. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. There is a flow. The anointing flows like oil. It can flow like water. We've seen how it can fall like fire, what John the Baptist said. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Notice what Jesus tells his disciples. But you shall receive power. That's the same word for virtue. Same word we talked about in Luke chapter 3 and 4. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria unto the uttermost parts of the earth. What are they being a witness of? That Jesus is alive. 
And the power that Jesus is releasing through the person of the Holy Spirit is power to be a witness. And he uses the same word that he received when the Holy Spirit came upon him. So he's telling the same type of power I received when I was baptized, you will receive in just a few days. Say same power. Say same anointing. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We just look at Luke chapter 4, how Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. He was covered in the Holy Ghost. Now these 120 are covered and clothed just like Jesus. Say, it's the Holy Ghost. Say it's his anointing. Say it's his power. Say it's flowing. So now it's upon them. What happened when it was upon them? Go to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Verse 14. And believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Now, it was nothing special about Peter's shadow, but that anointing of the Holy Ghost was so strong upon him, it began to radiate from his being that if you got about three feet or in the mount his shadow was, you would be healed. It didn't say Peter was going to a meeting. It didn't say he was going to prayer. It just said they started putting them in the streets just in case Peter was walking by that street. So he may have been going to the market. He may have been going to get some food. Whatever reason, he's walking down the street. If they got close enough to that anointing, they were healed because the anointing was flowing out of that man of God who was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Go to Acts 19. Acts 19. There is a flow of the anointing. Flows like oil. Falls like fire. It also operates like electricity. Acts 19. Verse 10. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. And so Paul is spending time in Ephesus, and he preaches there for multiple years to the place the whole region of what is called Asia Minor, or what is today modern-day Turkey, heard the gospel. They heard about Jesus. Every single person in the region had heard about Jesus because it went there. Most of them had come to that meeting. Not everyone believed, but all of them had encountered Jesus. And during this time, because Paul's praying for the sick in that area. Miracles are happening. But there were people who couldn't travel there for whatever reason. They couldn't get to where that meeting was in Ephesus. And so they would take handkerchiefs and cloths or aprons to the man of God. And what was on him went into those cloths. There's some commentaries that would say that it were the aprons or the turbans that Paul would wear. And then he would set it down and people could take his turban or his apron that he had on and take it back and the person would be healed. 
What was that? The anointing was flowing at such a level from the person of the Apostle Paul, it was charging those cloths and it became storage batteries of the power of God. The anointing went out of it. I remember hearing a story told by Sister Billy and Miss Shelley about when they worked for Dad Hagen, Kenneth e. Hagen, uh, the person who trained Bishop Bowen. He said, whenever that anointing would come upon Dad Hagen, he would go to the prayer cloths, lay his hands on them, and release that tangible anointing in the cloths. And then they would take it and send it out to the people who requested prayer cloths, and they'd be healed. And so when this would go on, the, the person who was assisting, it was their responsibility to mail these prayer cloths to the people who requested it. So one day she was out for some reason, and Miss Shelley, Dr. Billy Brim's daughter, filled in. And so she's filling in, and so she goes to touch these cloths. And she touches the cloths. Dad Hagen's not in the room. He had just prayed for the cloths. She touches the cloths, the power of God hits her, and she's laid out on the ground. There's nobody in the room. Now where that office was, it was off the beaten path. So no one knew she was back there. She says she spent almost all day glued to the ground, couldn't get up. Somebody came by and finally found her. And so she was asking Dad Hagen, well, what happened? And he said, well, did you have your faith out there for anything? She said, yeah, I was believing God to be healed of this and receive this new set of china. He said, well, you got all that and more. Her faith was out there for something and she encountered the power of God and it jumped in her body. The anointing, it's transferable. I remember in times of ministry before where the power comes on me so strong that I'll take the garment I had on the next day and I'll touch it and I drop it because it's like a shock in my body. I remember one of the last times I was with Oral Roberts. You know, I had just spent time praying for people and I felt drained, physically drained, spiritually drained. And I'm trained well. I know that after you spend a lot of time in prayer and ministry, you need to take some time praying in the Spirit and build yourself up. This day, I had to go take my yearbook picture. I was a student at ORU, so I had to go take my yearbook picture. And I'm just reasoning with the Holy Ghost in my heart. I was like, all right, I know I need to pray, but sir, how about this? Let me go take my yearbook picture. Let me take a nap because I'm exhausted. And then when I wake up, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and build myself up. And that seemed like a good plan. So I'm walking down the sidewalks to the GC building. Me and my brother are walking down there. I turn to my side. I see an older gentleman walking next to me. I do a double. It can't be. It's Oral Roberts on the campus of Oral Roberts University. Sir, what can we do? How can we help you? Anything you need, sir. And, you know, he was just so nice and kind. And they were saying, well, just help him up the steps. It's a 90-year-old man. Just help him up the steps. Sure, I'll help him up the steps. What, whatever he needs. So we're helping him up the steps. My hand is just on his back helping him up the steps. We opened the doors for him. We, you know, we talked to him for a little bit, and he went on his way. And then I realized I was going to take the picture. I wasn't exhausted anymore. It felt like I had prayed in tongues for three hours. What was in him jumping to me. And so now that I'm built back up, I'm like, let me go get my picture with the man of God real quick. And I have that picture in my office today. But what was in him went into me that anointing. It can flow. When it talks about believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, when you lay hands, there's a release of that anointing. It will flow through hands. It will flow into prayer cloths. It will flow into garments because the anointing works like oil. It also works like electricity. But the key is that your faith has to be open to receive. 
Go with me to Luke once again. Where we can go this time, Jesus. Actually, let's go to Mark 2 first. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And again, he, Jesus, entered into Capernaum, and after some days, it was noise that he was in the house. And immediately, many were gathered together, and so much there was no more room for to receive them in the house. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Now, before you even get to the situation of the story, a lot of us know, when you read it in Luke, it says the presence of the Lord, or the power of the Lord, was present to heal them. So in that meeting, Jesus, and the presence of God, it came in the room to heal all those who were in the room. But at this point, the person who was sick of the palsy and his four friends weren't in the room. Who were in the room? The religious leaders of the day. The Holy Ghost came in the room to heal them. He came in the room to heal the Pharisees. He came in the room to heal the scribes and the laws, the lawyers. The anointing was in the room to heal them. And Jesus is teaching, preaching the word to them, and they're listening to every word. But not one of them was healed yet. But now, they carry this one person, they realize there's no more room in the house. You can't even get close to the door. And so they have this idea, let's let him through the roof. They climb up with this paralytic man to the roof. They remove the thatch or whatever covered the roof and began to lower him down. And it says here that Jesus looked up and it said he saw their faith. Who? The four friends. They had to carry him all the way here. That's some faith. They had to climb up onto that roof and open that roof. That's some faith. So, well, what about that man? That's some faith, too, to let your four friends carry you? That's some faith right there. And he looked up and he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. That was the root of that disease. And then the people who were in the room began to say, well, who has the power to forgive sins? It's like, this is blasphemy. This is heresy. This is what they're thinking. Nobody said it out loud. And Jesus began to answer their thoughts. And he said, is it easier to say, son, your sins are forgiven you, or get up and walk? He said, that you might know that the, that the Son of Man has the power, the right, the authority to forgive sins. Then he looks at the man who's paralyzed. I say unto you, pick up your mat, get up, and go. And immediately that man's bones received strength. He picked up his mat and left the house, giving God glory. The presence, the power was there to heal that whole time. But one person received because of their what? Faith. Faith. It's the key to receiving from the anointing. So what do you need to do? You build your faith and you release your faith. See, one of the things Oral Roberts taught us a long time ago was having a point of contact, a place where you release your faith. I have a point of contact every Sunday. Well, what's your point of contact? When I say, say it with me, say, I take. That's my point of contact. Every time before I preach, when I'm leading the faith confession, it is in my heart that as soon as I say those words, whatever I need to deliver the message is with me. It's my point of contact. It's where I release my faith. And so when we come, when we lay hands on you in just a few moments, let the point of contact be that when our hands come to place on you, whatever the anointing needs to do in your body, 
it's going to do. Your point of contact is the place where you release your faith and where the anointing can flow into you and do what nothing else can do. You've come here believing for miracles. I'm not the miracle worker, but Jesus is. The healer's in, his, in the house, and his name is Jesus. As we sang at the beginning of this experience, just at the mention of his name, if you're walked in sick, you're going to walk out healed. You walked in down, you're walking out up because of the anointing, because of the power of God, because of the glory of God. See, there are levels to the anointing that rises and rises and rises. And you know what's so special about us gathering together? Everybody in this place has an anointing. Say, I have an anointing. When we come together, those anointings combine and it becomes the corporate anointing. And in the midst of an atmosphere of the corporate anointing, more things are done than just under individual anointings. But also in atmospheres of corporate anointings, these are atmospheres where the glory of God can come into a room. And the glory can do things in your life. And by the time you leave here, you go, whoa, everything changed. Because when God's glory comes into the room, his goodness comes in the room. Because the word glory means heavy with everything good. And releasing the anointing is a way we release the glory of God. Because one of the things you see in John chapter 2 when Jesus did that miracle, it says that's when he began to manifest his glory. Then you get to John 17 and Jesus says, Father, the glory that you've given me, what is the glory that God gave him? What we saw on the Mount of Sinai what we saw in Solomon's temple, what we saw in the Old Testament, that's the Father's glory. The Father gave it to Jesus, and Jesus manifested and did miracles. They said, that glory you've given me, I have given them. So that glory from the Old Testament, that glory that we see in Jesus in the New Testament, is in this room right now. It's already at a certain level, but as we go forward in these next few moments, it's going to increase. It's going to rise. There's levels of that glory. Sometimes you can see it. I remember growing up, I would see it. It would just come into my room just like a cloud. How about at my ankles? I would see the glory. And there are times in meetings and services, I would see that glory come in like a cloud. That same type of cloud they saw in Azusa Street in different levels and different ways. So why are you talking to us about those things? Because as I acknowledge that anointing, as I acknowledge that glory, it builds in a room. As I tell stories about what the anointing did, that same anointing that did it then begins to reactivate in the room. So well, what are you doing? I'm beginning to activate it so we can do what we need to do today. The anointing is here.
Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well us on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.